Hello, welcome to the I Am The Code podcast. I'm your host, Mariam Jam. Another Friday, another delight. I am so happy to be here today. Why? Our girls are back for a very short time in their schools and they have started the mentoring program. Wonderful. It's really beautiful. We are so genuinely proud of them. And it makes me happy to know that companies, global companies are taking their time working with us to support these young women and girls. Makes me cry sometimes, but I know that they're in a good hand. So thank you for being here. Each time you support I Am The Code, you're elevating young women and girls globally. I do not stop to say this, but it is true. Your mentoring, your support, your guidance, your donation is helping us support the girls. I'm so genuinely proud that we have onboarded new mentors. It is humbling to welcome them into the I Am The Code family. I know they will be inspired. I also know they will learn so much from the girls. For me, mentoring is a transaction based on empathy, compassion, and kindness. When I was growing up, I wanted to have mentors, people that can open my mind, but also people who cares about me. We have celebrated Africa Day this week, and I was saying this, that what COVID-19 has done is really give us some challenging times. But I think we can benefit from mentors and from people who can guide us to restart again and reshape our businesses. We also reflected on the anniversary of the death of George Floyd last May. I remember being here writing a blog about the death of George Floyd. My heart was so broken to see that man died like that. One of the things I've noticed, companies are starting to support the Black Lives Matter movement. And this is something that we should expect. We must do better in supporting people and collaborating. That's why I invited my guest this week, Kelly Bushanan. She's a senior vice president at MasterCard, a young global leader and somebody I love dearly. Kelly and I met a few years ago as part of the World Economy Forum, the journey they organized for us, young global leaders. It's always really honorable to go to those journeys because you learn something, you meet people, you change your life. And Kelly and I both traveled in Kakuma refugee camp in Kenya. After our trip, we bonded, we formed a partnership and a friendship. And now she's one of the I Am The Code trustees. It's beautiful. We spoke about her journey as a leader in tech, all the work she does at MasterCard and supporting other women in technology, but also why it is essential to support organizations like I Am The Code. It was a wonderful and candid conversation. I really enjoyed it. I really hope you do too. And I will see you on the other side. Kelly, how are you? Where are you now? I'm great. I am still in London, slowly coming out of lockdown. <laughs> Welcome to the I Am The Code podcast. Let me tell you why we invited you. I think there are a couple of stuff you've done really for myself and for I Am The Code that I've been always really honored about. So I think you and I are both young global leaders from the World Economic Forum, and we travel together in Kenya. And I was just so impressed with your, uh, your practicality, but also your kindness, right? So I was talking and sharing some information and uh, you really paid attention. So that's really stayed in my mind. And I think the second thing 
that really impressed me is when I called you to join I Am The Code as a board of trustee, you did not hesitate. I just want to say on behalf of I Am The Code and the girls and everyone, thank you so much for uh, being part of us and uh, welcome to the I Am The Code podcast. Thank you. And look, I say thank you right back. Uh, really, the girls and, and what the organization gives back to me is, is so incredibly powerful. And as we talk about what the type of compassion and grace that we want to see in the world and the communities around us, this is this really working with you guys and, and seeing this, it really fills my cup and fills my spirit up. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. So how was COVID-19? I know you, you've been traveling quite a lot before COVID-19, but how was it for you? It's been really interesting. And I think feel like I'm coming out of this in a good headspace. You're right. I was traveling a lot before. I was working quite a bit and I am very career oriented, very career driven. And, and that that does fuel me. But when everything just shut down, and it was you were here, you were, it was all at once. <laughs> One day everything was fine and then it seemed to creep up on us. And I've been able to be at home and work from home. And I was never someone who would do that before. I always felt like I had to be on the go. But it's been really great for me because I've been able to be home. I've been able to really spend some time with my family, be home Mm. for dinners, be a little bit more engaged with that, which has been great. I've been able to work on myself and my self-help. And set some boundaries around my life, around what is good for me, both when I'm working and from a personal standpoint. Wow, that's really amazing. So what is the greatest lesson you have learned? It's really fascinating you said about the traveling because we, as young global leaders, even people who work, we so busy. So what was the greatest lesson you've learned, you think, during COVID? I think it's really about, about the boundaries piece. I come from the States, which isn't very good at setting boundaries in your work life space. We don't, when you take vacations, you take your phone and you still answer it. I took my laptop everywhere I went and I don't feel like I was really present in other pieces. And, and I felt guilty prioritizing time I needed for myself over what I thought I was supposed to be doing in other places. And this has really allowed me to reflect and realize how good it feels for me to be able to take the time to get a workout in, to have dinner with the family and really disconnect and, and how much how much I'm then able to put into other things when I allow myself that time. And uh, I think I just underplayed it before. I didn't realize um, how important those things were. Absolutely. And did you grow up in the United States? Which part of the U.S. did you grow up? I grew up in the Midwest. So I'm from uh, a town called St. Louis, uh, which is not too far from Chicago. I think it's the biggest town that most people around the globe identify with. And wow. yeah, so I was pretty much born and raised, went to college there. And it's nice. It's nice. It's like a small town in a big city. Is it different to, to where you are in, in Britain? Because I know you you live in, in the UK now. And how have you been integrating? And in, do you eat like American food or how do you describe <laughs> your life in the UK? <laughs> I do miss American food sometimes. I don't miss the extra pounds it puts on me, but I do mm-hmm. miss some good. I do. There are definitely some things I miss. I, I don't think we've changed too much being here. A lot of the cultures are the same. It's definitely different because London is where I live. It's a big city and there's so much to do at your fingertips. I mean, there's so much culture to experience and there's so much more culture around me. The one thing about the Midwest is there isn't a lot of diversity around it. And here there is. And being able to soak up different cultures, different food, different lifestyles, and making sure that my my children see that and see the world around us and being, we traveled a lot before COVID and we went to a lot of different places so they could really see what the world looks like around us. 
It's beautiful. The UK is really beautiful. If you take the time to visit, it's really amazing here. It really is. I, I think the other thing that's interesting is we've talked about this, you know, the different cultures though. Of, I am, some people think I'm from New York. I'm, yeah. I'm quite assertive. <laughs> I'm quite direct. Yeah. And the culture here, especially in the working place, it's a little bit more passive, right? Mm-hmm. And it's actually been great because at first it really, I was like, why does it take us so long to get to something? And why can't we just say they it? turn around and turn around. When they want to say something, they go around and go around. <laughs> But it's been good for me though, because I think that, you know, I think you have to take everything as a lesson to, mm-hmm. to just soften some things and have a little bit more empathy towards other people and what, where they come from and, and how they need to communicate. No, no, absolutely. And, and I know that you have beautiful children. I love your daughter. I, I do see her sometime on, on Instagram. How does, how does, you know, that everything has helped with the, your children, but also your mental health? I think the, the kids are well. My kids are eight and four, and they're really resilient at that age. It's been hard for them. It's been great for them traveling around. So they can go anywhere and make friends and are really open to other things, which is great. COVID's been a little bit difficult for them being in the house all the time. So we've really had to get creative creative on ways for a while to, to entertain them and make sure that they have had some rough times sometimes, especially my daughter, because she's such a social person. Mm, she's an artist. I mean, she is. I love her hair and everything. It's really nice. She had some tough days when she couldn't see her friends, but they're back now. And I tell you, my son is the one who flourished during it. He learned, to, he got potty trained. He had some oh, wow. issues before and he's really speaking really well. So we joke that he's the one Buchanan that, that flourished during COVID. <laughs> There's always one person do who will do well during COVID. No, it's really, it's really amazing. The other thing I was going to ask you, you sound so optimistic and I, I don't know where did you get this confidence from, but what keeps you awake at night? I, I know that you are in the UK, but you do watch so many bad stuff happening in America, in the US. What does keep you awake every day? Oh, I think the things that keep me awake at night are, yeah, look, it's really sad to see what's going on and the news that comes out of America. It's not it's not the environment that I, I know and love and grew up in. And so it's really hard to see it from the outside and see what comes out of it. And I think that's what keeps me up at night is just the lack of, I feel like there's just a, a growing lack of compassion and love and tolerance and, and grace for, for other people. We've, as a society, we are just allowed to, especially I think with the rise of social media and digital things to, to just say whatever we want to people and act ways that, that I just don't think are against what I believe in and and my own morals. And I really worry about it for my children because I I want, I don't want them to see that. I, I want them to grow up to be compassionate people who are accepting of other people and who want to do well in this world. But at the same time, I want them to be able to withstand the, the mm. bad things that I know are going to come their way. Mm. So how do you balance that and make sure that they have a little bit of grit and self-confidence among just all the things going on? No, no, absolutely. I do agree with you. And I think when you have children, you do worry uh, because we don't know what's going to happen. So our team for this uh, season four actually is about elevating humanity. And I know you and I have spoken about this and how do you make sure that people are given the voices, people are listened to. Can you share with the girls, you know, when 
did you really experience in you know, a random act of kindness? I think it's I think the random act of kindness is that I, I always think of it as it's they that saying of people don't remember what you did or they act, right? They remember how you made them feel. That's the thing. And sometimes you can't you gravitate towards someone where you say, I, I don't really remember what the thing was. I just remember they really made me feel great. And there's coming to this new, this new world and this or this new environment in, in London. You know, I came here without knowing anybody, without really having any friends, no family and working a lot. It's been really, it was really hard for a while, but it's the little things I think that someone would do of kind of checking in on me and making sure that I was doing okay. Asking me if, if I wanted to go grab a coffee, trying to make some networks. And the YGLs really helped with that when I mm-hmm. first started and came here because it was an immediate network for me. And it had a lot of people, a lot of people that you know, and Miriam, that reached out to me and really brought me in. And it's been great. And I think just from a day-to-day standpoint too, it really matters. I think I do have a lot of confidence, but it, it... Everyone has those moments of doubt. Everyone has those places where they're not sure where they're coming from. And having someone just after a meeting or after a session say, hey, that was a really good job. Thanks for sharing that. Or that message you put together really made me feel good. Those are the, to me, the types of of random act of kindness that that really matter to me because it just, it's someone stopping out of their day and spending some time with you to make sure that you're okay. No, no, but I do agree with you. you. know, I was just saying earlier, this podcast is all about, you know, us learning more about you. I Before we started the podcast, we asked a couple of people that you work with and they really spoke so highly of you, your kindness, checking on your team, mentoring them, guiding them. And I, I, I asked someone the other day, well, how would you describe Kelly? Said she's a go-getter. She just go for it. <laughs> just go for it. It's really nice. But they also talked about your effectiveness, your organization skills. Where did you learn this and how did, how are you doing this in your work right now? Oh, my organization skills. Sometimes I feel like I'm doing a really good job and sometimes I'm not so sure. But look, I, I am I'm definitely, I think my kind of my own personal brand is around being able to get things done and being able to keep a lot of things in the air at the same time. And I think there's a few ways that I've been able to do that. One is I've had some really great role models. When I first started out in the working world and in technology, I had some really great uh, mentors, both male, but some really powerful females that were really running the organization. And they were such great role models for me and to see how they were doing things and how they navigated a predominantly male kind of world. And a lot of, and they also took me under their wing and, and helped me and gave me that feedback and helped me develop my style. And I've made a lot of mistakes along the way, for sure. (laughs) I for sure was never, I definitely, I think in my 20s was much more stressed out. And it was a lot harder for me to figure out how to balance all the different things on my plate. But over the years, you get a little bit better at prioritizing, understanding what's really important in, in the different outcomes that you're trying to pursue, whether that be in business in an organization like the work I do for I Am The Code or um, in my personal life. What are the things that really matter? And what are the outcomes that really matter that I need to I need to pay attention to? And then I think the other thing is just always 
looking for feedback. Like being humble as well. Absolutely. We always can learn and we have to be humble. And I think a lot of people, I get some feedback from, from sometimes some more junior people in the organization that say, you make that look really easy when you present this or that. But really I tell them, look, I'm always nervous. And when I'm done, I always ask people, how was that? What mm-hmm. could I have done better? Where could I be? Where could I be focusing more? And I think that's really important because I, I think we always have to be growing. It is. It's fascinating you said that because we were discussing, having a conversation with the team and we say, never assume, always ask questions because people feel that because we are leaders, we're all confident. You always give me a feedback. Sometimes I'm like, Kelly, oh, she said, <laughs> said Mariam, calm down. Everything is going to be fine. It's just, we have different personalities and sometimes you just need to ask feedback as well. But it's really, it's really fascinating you said that. But do you feel that you are like through your career, you build your confidence, your strength and, and you like how to fight within your organization to get things done? Yes. Yes. And no, I think again, it's, it's an ever growing. I definitely have more of the confidence. I I think that it's, and it's really hard. I I doubt myself sometimes. I definitely think I'm the type of person that the reason that I move around a lot, taking different jobs, I've worked in the States, I've worked in Australia, I've worked here and in different acquisitions. And I like it because I really like to be challenged. And I feel like I like to take roles that, that like they always say, you should be scared taking a new role because that means you're going to grow, right? Mm -hmm. It means that you're going to challenge yourself. So I don't ever want to feel so comfortable and confident because that means I'm not growing. If you're not scared at a new role or a new job that you're taking on, then you're probably not going to grow in it. And, and it's really important that we that we are constantly challenging ourselves and that as you're taking on new opportunities, that you feel a little uncomfortable. I think that if you feel completely, if you feel completely confident and comfortable in your role, then what's next then? And I don't ever want to feel that way. I always want to be growing. And, and whether that's be me learning a new skill set learning a new geography, learning a new aspect of the business. That that kind of keeps me fresh. It keeps me growing, but it also keeps me happy. It keeps me loving my job, which is really important. I've been in the same company for 20 years almost. And everyone always was like, wow. And on one, it's a great company. MasterCard's a great place to work. But it's also because I've, I've had this ability to really move around and challenge myself. It's fascinating. Can, can you, I think this part is really important for the girls to know. You've been working for so long and you built your career. You built your career. You didn't just like stay complacent and say, okay, I'm just going to do this. Can you just give, tell us the journey and how did you start it? And then how did you arrive today to become a senior vice president, something like that? They may not know how did you start it. Because sometimes we just see people, we think it was easy. <laughs> and I, I know it wasn't easy for you. So would you mind just sharing with the girls who are looking for new careers? And I'm sure they can learn from you. Absolutely. You're, you're right. I, so I started I started as an engineer back in the day. I, I actually didn't know that I wanted to do that and get into education, STEM education or STEM type of a career. I thought I wanted to do marketing. And I, I ended up taking a, a coding class. It was a visual basic coding class. I remember it very fondly. And I loved it. I realized that as I was able to actually see the output of my work, and there's something about someone who's actually coded before that if if you know what it's like to try to get a program to work and troubleshoot it and you sit there and then you get it and you're like, oh my gosh, I got it. It's just this 
I don't know. You, Marion, you probably, you know what yeah, I Yeah, no, like. I know. Do you think your daughter can feel that sometimes? I know I saw you, but you guys have been coding as well. We have, we've been doing some Python. And yes, <laughs> she did. And you get frustrated and you see her with that frustration where you're, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Like she didn't have the right, the right semicolon after a loop or something. And, and she was, and it was just like, but when she got it, she was so excited. And it's just something silly. I remember like back in the day, it used to say, hello world. <laughs> <laughs> and and she made something and it, it was really great. And that, that's what sparked my my interest. So then I went went double down on getting a computer information systems degree. And I started out as a coder. As I was doing that though, I realized that I really liked kind of the the I started working on different implementations. And I really liked that program management, project management aspect, mm-hmm. where I was able to work with the technology teams to again look at what the end outcome was and bring all the activities together to achieve that. And that's really getting the project management and then and then slowly started managing different technology or departments. So I'd worked on some of our payment processing departments and, and so on. And eventually started getting into one of the projects I was working on was a part of a, one of the products coming on was part of an acquisition. So we bought a company and we were trying to figure out, okay, so how do we bring these together? And I loved it. Because I loved being able to work with this totally new company. We bought a company in Dublin and it was a totally different culture and trying to really work with the people and bring those together. I felt like it really allowed me to have that technical component that I loved, but that emotional and personal connection that I loved. And they brought them together under under really one job. And that's what I that's what I really do today now is I, I started honing that skill. And I think that's a key thing sometimes is figure out you have to do a lot of things sometimes to figure out what you really want to do. So when I was younger in my career, I, I did a lot of different things. I worked on a lot of different areas and some of them I liked, some of them I didn't, but I, I learned from it. And I always made sure that I was growing so that I could at one day hone into what is that job I want to do. And now that is what I do. And I really wow. enjoy it. It's really beautiful. It's really amazing. It's, again, it shows that it shows resilience. It shows that you have to take your time to learn different things. I am the code and, and we are so proud to have you as our trustees. We teach young girls how to code at the same time, helping them to really everything should be leading to employability. And I believe in investing in girls. I really think we should do that. How do you feel about girls education now? And since you started your career a long time ago, do you think we have a future in getting more women in STEM, getting more high level jobs? What is your feeling about STEM and girls education at the moment? I think we have to. I think we have to for so many reasons. We have to get more girls into these one side for our business sake, because we technology is a part every piece of our lives now. Like, what do you do that doesn't touch technology? And, and we need more just general people to be able to do these things, right? We also need the diversity in our thinking. There's so many studies that show you have different diversity and different people you can come up with better innovation. And we need that innovation for our communities and for some of the really big challenges that we're up against. And then we need it for our girls and for our, ourselves. I think I, I've told you before, Miriam, I came from a, 
a family that was a single parent for a while and, and then he had passed away and I really felt on my own. And my big thing was I wanted to make sure that I could take care of myself. And these are the types of jobs that, that really allow you to have a great career. And technology jobs allow you to be a lot of times have that flexibility in your career where I can have a career and I can be a mom and I can be really fulfilled in my job. I think the other thing that's really important for us to think about is the different technology jobs that are available. One of my biggest things, and I think that maybe it's changing a little bit, or maybe I just in my hopeful mind thinks it's changing, is that back when I was coming into to technology, you know, you were a coder or you were not, right? And so you, and the coders were like, you always had this- Either you know or you don't know. (laughs) Right. And it was like this isolated job where you like sat in a dark room by yourself, never to meet customers or product because, and that's not how it is anymore. So one, we have these agile environments where you can really flourish and you can have personal connections and you can be part of a team. And that's what innovation is about. And it's fun. It's so fun. It's so fun to code. Right. Or you could not, you could be a business analyst. And really start coming up with how a customer uses your technology. Or you could be a program manager like I was and really be that person who likes to drive the activities, right? And the outcomes. So there's so many different jobs and available opportunities. And that's really what I want. My big thing with girls and education is just be open to it. Start trying some different things and and seeing what it's like before you you make any decisions of what you want to do. Because I think that our girls... Don't get exposure to these things until it's too late in their education. No, that's very true. It is absolutely true. And it's so fascinating that you actually gave them your your career path, but also to give them all the tools that they can use without just it's not just coding, but you can become so many more things. And there are some jobs that will not exist in, a, in the next 10 to 20 years. And I was going to ask you, if you are now visualizing 2030 with all the work you're doing, and congratulations, by the way, in all the accolades you've won uh, recently. It's, it's really fascinating to see all the stuff you've been doing behind the scenes. But when you visualize 2030, what do you think, what do you see, and what do you think this will look like? Mm-hmm. I think from the, the iron the code standpoint, I think it's so interesting that you made the comment about we don't know if some of those jobs are going to, what jobs are going to be here. We also don't know what new jobs are going to be created and what new skills, like, I don't know. I, back back when I went to college, there weren't all these different things like artificial intelligence pieces or encryption or identity management. All these new skills keep coming and new jobs keep coming. So I think, one, that's going to be really interesting. And I'm hoping that the work that you guys are doing with I and the Code is really going to allow, I would hope that in 2030, that any girl or 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 boy or student could have access to the type of to STEM education and and to any type of education that they want that that fuels their passion whether that be a creative design class whether that be a be a python coding class whether that be a project management class whatever it is and that no matter where they are that they have access to it that they can get it virtually get it online get it get it from their schools but they they have the ability to really seek that out and have that passion and really drive their own kind of paths forward in the world. No, absolutely. I think you and I have spoken about this for so long now. We, You supported us in getting all the stuff going at I Am The Code. Our STEM marketplace is working very well. And we're going to have a learning management system as well. But let me go a little bit back in, in your resilience, in, 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 in your personality and your character. 
how did you manage to build this confidence? I know you didn't have it easy, even personally you didn't have it easy. Can you just share with our girls, how do you become uh, resilient, strong, but just keep going? You, I've shared my personal story with you, but I, I know you haven't had it easy. Would you mind just sharing a little bit with the girls? How do you, how did the, how did you start it in, and what is keeping you going every single day to just keep strong and keep strong? Yeah, look, it's a good question. And, and I started not having very much confidence at all. I, When I was growing up, I lived full-time with my father and he passed away when I was 15 and I was bounced around a little bit and, until I started getting a little bit older and went to college. And I was just really unsure of myself. I didn't have a voice, I think. And I, I just knew that it, the only thing that was driving me at that time was that I just wanted to be able to take care of myself. And I wanted to be able to make sure that I, I would have a future. And that's what I focused on then. And then when I got into the working world, it was really hard. I was not only what I, was I one of the only females, but working in a, in a development team back then, I was pretty much, this was before we had intern programs. I was pretty much the only female and the only person under the age of under the age of 40 when I was 20. I think I, I think I guarantee you I ate lunch by myself for a full year until I started opening up a little bit. And, and it has been hard to, to find that seat at the table and to find my voice. And I think that one of the things that 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 keeps me going is just again my 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 drive to better myself and better the world around us. And I, I think the way that I build my confidence is taking that time to sit back and think about what I have done. I, I once I went to this class not too long ago and they made you say what you were an expert in. And it was really hard because we don't think we're an expert in anything, but it really makes you do some self-soul searching and uh, self-assessment. Self -assessment. <laughs> and I think that the two things that, that helped me is one, we're all just people. And so when you think about if you're going to give, if you were in a classroom and you were going to go give a presentation in front of the class and you're nervous, everyone else in that class is nervous too. And, and for the most part, as much as you think they're judging you or they're thinking about you, a lot of times they're not. And, and when you ask people for feedback after it, they'll go, oh, no, that was really good. Or thanks for sharing that. And I think that that's what I really think about is when we're there, everyone's the same way. And everyone, you know, hopefully you have to believe that people are going to have that compassion and that that grace back to you. And, and that, I think that's what he's doing. And then I think gratitude of, of just being really thankful. That's one of the things I'm really trying mm -hmm. to work on right now. I, mean, I know, Lady Miriam, you know, that's something that you've talked to me about as well as thinking about what I'm grateful for. And. And I have a lot of things to be grateful for. I have I have a, a, a strong Christian faith that keeps me going and really just makes me remember that whatever's coming up today, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to get through it. I'm going to do the very best that I can do. And I might win and I'm, I might lose. But if, if I lose, I'm going to learn from it, but I'm still going to be okay. And I think that those are the things that I think about. I think that's what I like about you. For me, I'm always interested in people growth, right? I'm always interested in... I think that's the reason why you and I get on because I know you are a learner. I know that you are always trying to better yourself and you do listen, right? You take feedback, constructive feedback very seriously. And I, I was just saying to, I was uh, mentoring some young people yesterday and I was telling them, I wished in my life I had had a Mariam Jam in my life. I had a Lady Mariam in my life because 
at least there's somebody giving me feedback. So many people don't give you feedback. They let you fail. They just like, whatever, I'm not interested. But I love people telling me, no, calm down. Don't sack the person. Calm down. Go and have some glass of wine. Wait until tomorrow. All of these small feedbacks are actually so good. When you're working for companies, you have leadership trainings. You have coaches coming to support you. But if you're like people like us who are self-entrepreneurs, we don't get a lot of training, but we count on people like you, friends who are honest with us. And I really wanted to say that I appreciate that in you because it has helped me so many times not making bad decisions, <laughs> you know, so many times. So No, I think that that's great. It's it's nice when you can be honest like that. Like you and I have honest conversations where you've given me feedback before, I've given you feedback before, and mm. it's really important. And I think that's where tolerance comes in, where it, it makes me yes, sad. Yes. That so many people are so intolerant of other views instead of saying, and look, I've gotten feedback that I've gone, "Mm, I don't really take that. Like, I'm not going to change that about myself. That's your, you also don't have to take every (laughs) feedback internally. That's true. That's true. That's very true. It's not, but I think some feedbacks are so important for me. It's like really somebody who, because you understand my personality, you know, that sometimes, okay, I need to calm her down, calm down. Those kind of things are really important. But let me ask you another thing that I think that you don't usually talk about. You are really, you have a positive energy, wherever you are in the room. I've seen you at the World Economic Forum. I've seen you in different places. How do you keep positive with the, the world we are in right now? You're very busy in your work. How do you keep positive? It's an effort. I think that the, one of my staying sayings, and I, I actually got from this evangelist that I listen to sometimes, is don't let people steal your joy. And I think that's really important. I think we choose some days whether we're going to, how we're going to view the world. And I, I, when I wake up in the morning, I stop for a second and I say a little prayer and I think about the kind of day I want to have. And, um, and not to say that I sometimes don't have um, a bad day, because I do, but I really think that it's really important that life is so short. And I, I think that as I've gotten older, I've learned that I don't want to be unhappy. And if I'm in a situation, whether it's a job or an organization or even friends that, that, that don't bring me joy and bring negative energy, then I have to make a change because I don't want to be like that. I spent a lot of years being angry and being stressed. And I just, I don't want to do that anymore. So I think it's really important that we always take that. And and I think it's also important for us to give that back. One of the things that you said that just a little while ago that resonates with me is I wish I had a a Lady Miriam in my life. And I think that's so important because I I wish I had a Lady Miriam in my life (laughs) back in then. I wish I had, I wish I had a lot of things like that. And it's so important. Especially where we come from, you and I, especially when we came from almost, we didn't have the traditional mom and dad supporting us. So we almost made it for to ourselves. That's why we like this. We made it. So in, when you arrive where we are right now, you need someone like Kelly or like Lady Mariam to tell you, hey, calm down and no, it's going to be fine. Because people don't give you this sort of advice. They, everything is polished, but you don't have this deep honesty and conversation to say, go and switch. Like you said to me, I remember you, you telling me, you can't take care of people if you don't take care of yourself, Lady Mariam. Right. I said, Okay, Kelly, I understand. <laughs> you don't have it. You can't give something that you don't have to give. And if you don't have it that's to give, true. and but that's the thing, do stuff for other people. When you get your mind off yourself, when you don't constantly think about what am I going to get? What am I going to do today? Or what if I don't get that, that thing? That's so negative. But if you put your thoughts on other people, right? How can I make someone's life a little bit better? How could I give someone a little bit of encouragement? How could I give back? It makes you happy. 
And I think that it's so important that we all pay it forward and we be the change that we want to see. That's, you know, like one of my big things is you can't be mad at the world for being intolerant and lack of compassion and love if you're not going to demonstrate any of that. And so I think that it, mm-hmm. it's important for people in our positions, and Lady Miriam, to, to do mm-hmm. that. But it's important for the girls. Yeah. Like the sisterhood, really being kind is so important, Kelly. It is. It's so important. And it's a chain reaction. And it makes you feel good. And it makes other people feel good. And I think that it's really important that we we build ourselves up, right? I, I was I was talking to one of your men, your mentee, somebody you helped. I was then I replied to her. I was saying, well, this is African concept. I am because we are and because we are you are and this is I, I i live with this concept in my life i believe that i can't i can't do anything by myself or with just alone we need to bring other people and i and i was just going to ask you what do you think about humanity really everything we have we are so lucky kelly we are so lucky with everything we yes. have but how do we almost spread this love this kindness to your point earlier about helping other people meaningfully giving them advice supporting them how do we do this moving forward it's such a good question i i think that we just we have to do it and we have to do it visibly and we have to we can't let it get us down there's a lot of times i get really down it, humanity it doesn't it does scare me sometimes these days you, know, you see some of the things that are going on in in the world and across countries and it's, it's very scary and you think how can this how can this be the same people right how how can this how can these people have such a different heart but i think that we have we just can't give up and we have to use these platforms like like you have and like other ways to just keep going and keep building people up and keep talking about kindness and compassion and to demonstrate it and when we don't because we all know that we don't that we acknowledge it that we apologize for it that we that we call it out ourselves too i don't know what do you think is there what do you how else do you think we can get this movement going later? I agree. I think I agree to what you said, but I'm I'm always like I go to the African wisdom, right? There's so many African wisdom that I share with the girls I work with and and to, with my friends, uh, our common friends, and I I always tell them that if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. I think people don't actually understand that in this world we've been empowered by Maya Angelou. I love the, you know the quote of Maya Angelou. You know when you mentioned earlier, make the way you make people feel. Is that's what they will remember. I've got all of that in, in my diary. It's, it's so fascinating. But at the same time, I think communities are building up across the world. And you and I are lucky to be part of a big community where we can just dial in and call someone to support us. But there are so many people who don't have the connections. Yeah. They don't have the support, right? They don't have you jumping in and supporting I Am The Code and being part of the board and being part of trustee and, and supporting us with our strategy. So many people don't want to give, they just want to take. And I think that to your point, we need to educate more, I think. We need to also support more. When we see, a friend of mine told me the other day that with privilege come responsibility. Yeah. When you have everything, you need to start really speaking out. And as John Lewis said, when you see something that is wrong, it's not right, you have to speak up. And that's my mantra. Yeah. I think that's great. I think that you're right. We do have to use our platforms. We have to do it. And we have to, I think one of your big, the giving people a voice campaign and shine the light on, on different issues and shine the light on the girls and their the great um, work that they do and the inspiring work that they do and and make sure that people can see it and make sure that we can hopefully inspire other people to do something. You know, a lot of times in my work, people say, oh, that's so great that, you know, or you're part of this or that. And I just, where do you find the time? And you're like, if it's important to you, you will find the time. 
So find the time to do something, to get out there, to give back, to use your platform. Because it's such a waste if you're not. And uh, It is. You you have seen the Kakuma girls. You've seen how uh, powerful they are. And we just signed a partnership recently to mentor more girls through, through, through your leadership and through MasterCard. If you see these girls, what is the one thing you have noticed even by talking to them through Zoom that you, you're like, wow. Can you share that with them? I'm sure they're listening. To oh, me. yes. No, gosh, there's so much. I think the creativity and just their livelihood just resonates through. So I've been on a few different. One of the things that I was just on the other day where they showed their projects and, and we were had a little judgment of the projects. And it was so incredible that they have these innovative ideas of how to bring some of the, the sustainable development goals to their areas. And they were so amazing. And the way that they presented them and brought them together and really implemented them. I think about that and I, I hope that's something... I, I actually had my daughter with me during that presentation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was telling uh-huh. her like, they're not that much older than you. These are like, look at this, right? Like you need to be doing these things. <laughs> this is so amazing. <laughs> and it makes me so inspired that I, I think when I tell you, say before that and I worry about humanity, it restores my faith. And it, yes, it just yes. makes me smile because it's just so amazing that they're up to your they're up against so much more in their environments and their surroundings, but they're thriving with these things. And it's just so amazing to see. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm so that day we cried and I was like, I'm so happy that Kelly joined this call because sometimes you tell the story of the girls so much and people don't actually put one and one together. And I was so happy that day that you met them. So I've got a, I've got a couple of just few bonus questions. Mm-hmm. So one one is who is your mentor? Can you not name one person who you feel that this person has really mentored me? That is a great question. I've had so many mentors and so many people that that have come into my life and, and some that that you have for different reasons. But I would say probably the one that really comes to mind is someone who worked at MasterCard for a long time. Her name was Dana Lorberg. And she was this amazing female who led the large pieces of MasterCard's technology components, massive amounts of teams. And she did it with, she did it, she was a mom and she did it with grace and she had that, that, I think like some people, it's a complete compliment to me when people tell me that they, I remind um, them of her because she was assertive and had the edge and the drive, but also had the, the empathy and the compassion. And I learned so much from her. And I worked with her through some really hard times in my life when I had a miscarriage, when I adopted my son, and she was just always there for me in every different, it was that work-life balance of there's so much more empathy you have to have for people. And she also shared my faith as a Christian, and we had that in common. So she really, I think, was a shining example of how we can be different. She's also a huge STEM educator, and she now retires and, and spends most of her time on girls' education and education so it's a path I would love to take that's beautiful it's, it's beautiful that you are paying it forward so thank you for paying it forward one more question for you when you think about the last two years or three years what are you really proud of I know you have done we are proud of you at I am the code but can you name one or two things that you say you know what Kelly that young girl that work hard be here today I am so proud of myself. Can you say that? I know you're very humble, but it will be nice for the girls to know that sometimes you have a moment of celebration. <laughs> no, it's, it's uh, and I'm not just saying this. I think one of the main things that I'm proud of is that trip we took to Kakuma and this relationship with I Am The Code after it. I really 
was something that I had never done before. And yes, I'm proud of the things that I do at my work. But I think the thing that really made me, I was really proud to become a YGL. I thought that was just a, a really great honor, but I really struggled with, this is great, but what do I do with this? How do I actually get involved in the community and use these contacts, right? These great contacts that I have, not just to network and go to some events, but to really become a part of something and be able to give back with this. And that Kakuma trip was one that I just, I think when I was telling people I was doing it, it was just really different for me. You know, I think I'm just going to do this. I didn't know anybody. I had no idea what I was doing, but I'm going to go and I'm going to see what it's like. And it was really changing for me to be able to, to meet some of the girls, to meet some of the people there, to get that education and to see that. And then spend, to be spend time on the tent. <laughs> time on the tent and then be able to, to do something with it. I was mm, so inspired mm. when I was there by everything. And, and I feel like you were nice. I think I stopped you some to, yeah, <laughs> to become yeah, a part of it. Yeah. We're supposed to meet, you and I were supposed to meet. I remember you had a tummy ache. And then this is where that, that day I knew that you, I said, this woman is resilient. Because I have been, I've seen so many people going to this African stuff. They go to Africa and then, but I saw you, you were keeping up. You did not give up. You had water. It's like, you know, I'm going. <laughs> I said, and then in that evening, I said, this Kelly lady, she is strong, definitely. And I think that that was the moment when I felt in love with you. She is not giving up this trip. You know, you get malaria sometime and I had malaria in Africa as well, but I knew that this woman, I, ke- I went to my tent, I said, this Kelly woman, she is strong, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that's where I think that it's, I think for the girls and to think about it is, you know, being thoughtful about what do you want to achieve? What are the things that are going to make you really happy and proud? Because those are the things that you remember, right? I I, I don't talk in my personal life much about my work and, and the things that I do, but I do talk about this because I'm excited about it. I want other people to get involved in it, but I, I'm really proud of the work that we're doing and, and hopefully the impact that we're making. No, no, it's amazing. For me, I'm just like, it's not just with I am the queen, but I'm really proud to, to, to call you my friend. So you have last question. When you, what do you think about this sentence? When you educate a girl, you educate a nation. What do I think about that sentence? I think that it's, I think it's completely true. And I think that it's a great sentence and I think that I should steal it and use it. But I think my, the woman I was telling you before, Dana, my mentor, on the end of her signature um, at MasterCard, it used to say, educate a girl and change the world. And I think it's so powerful because it's true. Because with education, that you open so many doors and it can really, it does the right things for, for the girl to be able to give back and to have a job and to do things and to really make her own life. But it stimulates our nation and it allows us to have more people there better ideas, more innovative solutions. It's just, there's, I just don't understand. There would be no downside. It's all goodness. The reason why I ask you that, because I know right now we're educating a nation. It may be slow, but nine years from now, you and I will stand at the United Nations. <laughs> we're gonna celebrate the girls. We're gonna celebrate our friendship. And, and I just cannot wait. Kelly Bushanan, thank you so much for coming on the I Am The Code podcast. I'm so proud to have you as my friend and thank you for supporting I Am The Code. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was just a pleasure to be here and uh, thank, thank you for your friendship and your support over the years. One of the things I've learned through this conversation is the power of collaboration. Meeting people, but also believing and trusting your instinct. The day I met Kelly, I knew she was someone wonderful. She was someone who wanted to do good 
for the world. Sometimes you have to help those who can't help themselves. We are trying at I Am The Code to help other people. We support them, guide them, give them our content. We need to create better jobs for women and girls. The next generation of women and girls will need your support, our support together. Thank you for being here. You have been listening to the I Am The Code podcast. I'm your host, Mariam Jam. I am always honored to share this moment with you. If you like this content, please share it and subscribe to our podcast. We need more people to listen to people like Kelly, like Shijogo, like all the guests I've had the honor and privilege to have on this podcast. We count on you and on your generosity. We're a very small team at I Am The Code, totally dedicated in making the world a better place by creating inspiring content for people who want to do better and be better. The world needs us to share. We need to share more and support people. Remember to donate to I Am The Code, our foundation. We need support. Every dollar amount counts. Thank you so much for being here. And again, I am totally honored to be here. Have a lovely weekend and I will see you next week. Thank you and goodbye.